You look like you've got some pretty big news, Tyler. Yeah, I do have some pretty big news about Welcome to the North Side, the world's biggest U2 fan festival. <gasps> it's in Dublin, celebrating its fifth year running. And I heard it's at the Church Bar. It is, one of Dublin's busiest bars and tourist attractions. Mm, I've been there, you've been there, but what date specifically? Uh, well, that'll be this September 2020, from the 25th to the 27th. So from what I've been hearing, 2020 is set to be the biggest event yet. It is indeed. We're going to be celebrating U2's 44th anniversary with three of the top U2 tribute bands in the world. I think I might have met one of these bands, but do you want to tell us about all three? Yeah, well, on Friday, the 25th, we'll be kicking off the festival with The Joshua Tree. They've travelled the world many, many times, and let me tell you, if you're in Dublin on September the 27th, 2020, you do not want to miss Welcome to the Northside Festival. Okay, that's Friday, but what about Saturday? Well, on Saturday, the 26th of September, U2 Baby will be taking the stage. And we know how good they are. And for the finale on Sunday, what's going to be happening on the 27th? Who will we be seeing? On the 27th, it'll be Dublin's own Zooropa. What a lovely way to finish the weekend. And apparently there's going to be some uh, some other stuff, inc- including something to do with design and art. What's, what's going on? All, what's, what's all this about? Well, this is a bit top secret, but just between me and you, mm. there will be an exhibition from U2's own graphic designers, AMP Visuals. And that will be taking place where? That will be taking place all throughout the weekend at the church bar. All right, okay. A lot of information. Just sum this all up for me, please. So no matter where you are in the world, this is an absolute must for any U2 fan. Emanating from the heart of the north side of Dublin, there really is no better place to be this September. Okay, and if I forget any of that, where can I get some more information? We can always go to www.welcometothenorthside.ie. Cheers, and now let's listen to the episode. Alright, Tyler. Alright, Johnny. You like you too, don't you? I do indeed. Well, then you might like The Brink by the Jezebels. Hmm. So as the strains of the end die away, it's time for another episode of Tummel, or Then You Might Like. The show in which me and Tyler review albums that are not U2, but have either some sort of connection, or we think maybe just sound a little bit like them, or that you guys will enjoy. This is an artist and an album that I'm not sure, I might have been presumptuous here, but I don't think many people will know. And I really want to stress, if you enjoyed what you just heard from the end, the, the you know the, the guitar quality, very edgy, the singing, very passionate, very soulful, then just go now and check out the Jezebels. Well, after the episode, after this. No, right now, go, pause it, then come back. I don't I don't know if we Risky. should be directoring direct, <laughs> people away from this episode. Um, so yeah, it's the Jezebels. It's it's kind of a cheat this episode because I know about the Jezebels because you did introduce me to them several years ago. Thank you. When I th- uh, there was a bit of a lull in in U 2s output. Yeah, they hit a really good. Um, they filled a really good gap there for me actually. For you know, I want I want some epic echoey rock. Yeah, and I have played songs from this album to friends of mine before now, without telling them that it's the Jezebels mm. and they've said oh not another U2 song <laughs> that's funny so that's that's happened and that before Hayley Murray the lead singer comes in genuinely can sound a lot like U2 yeah but I hasten to add 
are a band in their own right. Yeah, we will keep making comparisons, and it probably is quite annoying for them, actually, because um, when I was looking at some reviews here, it does seem like every single review, and I might not be being hyperbolic there, I think every single review mentions the edge in terms of, you know, the guitar sound or a U2 sound. So they mention it's either Kate Bush meets U2, or it's, um, I don't know... uh, Echo and the Bunnymen meets you two, or the Yeah Yeah Yeahs meet you two, that that kind of thing. So they do keep coming up. Um, I don't think there's any more connections beyond that point, really. We might stretch out some connections, but they've not supported them. I think they would be a fantastic um, support act for you two if they ever do go back to Australia. I think they would be absolutely perfect, although maybe they're actually too big now to do that. I don't know. Um, I, well, I did look for some quotes from any members of the band mentioning you two, and if they are out there, I couldn't find them. Good, yeah, I, I couldn't find them either. Um, I uh, did reach out, though, yeah. to uh, the Jezebels and U2's management through the Contact Us page on the website. Wow. And asking if um, any or all of the band would like to comment on, you know, the relation that people bring up, you know, with them and U2. No way did they get back to you. And see if there was any anything they, they wish to add. Uh, so here I don't have a response because my email <laughs> was completely ignored. Right, brilliant. Okay, well, that was that was a build-up for nothing, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, look, if post-factum or whatever, if, if after this fact... Yeah, if the, I mean, I emailed them over a month ago, so yeah. I doubt that I'm going to get a reply. Yeah, they might they might also be busy, um, because uh, they, they, I, think I reckon an album's probably on the cards soon, I would hope, and I really hope a tour as well. Oh, well, Hayley Murray's uh, single stuff. debut solo album, stuff. Uh, yeah, solo album has just come out. Mm, I, don't, I, uh, I, I don't like solo albums, but that's... The a, Piss a separate... and the Perfume. Right, okay, wow, what a, what a combination. Not one to think about too much, I guess. I also want to say hello, hello, or rather, good day, good day, if that's not too patronising, to our Australian listeners. Um, they are sixth on the ranking of countries listening to us um, this week, so any Australian listeners who want to get in touch with us... Um, we should stop We should stop saying that. Uh, so, well, stop there and not mention this chart, because number three is always Brazil, and I don't know any Brazilian bands. <laughs> Well, if, if there are any suggestions, that's fine. But yeah, Brazilian, <laughs> Australian, whatever. Um, if you want to get in touch with us... Um, actually, we always leave this to the end of the episode. Why don't mm. we just remind people how, how they can get in touch with us? Is it it's review... What is it? Is it contact... What is it? Gee, you're really putting me on the spot there, Johnny. We can find, We can figure it out. Uh, so it? the email for those rebel-type guys is review2contact at gmail.com. I think it's... Isn't it not? No, it's review2contact... <laughs> At gmail.com. All right, I won't tell you your own business. Okay, so put yourself in my shoes for one moment, okay? I'm going to give you an introduction. To they how won't I... fit, but fine. No, you're like a clown. Um, right, so I'm going to give you a, an, an introduction to how I got introduced to Jezebel. So it's a few years back. can't remember exactly when. I'm watching the US version of The Killing, a great show. Have you seen it? No. Okay, it's a good show. And I'm not going to spoil it here, so don't worry, guys. Um, but... In the finale, it's very emotional. I'm not going to say what happens or anything like that. In the finale, I'm sitting there enjoying the show, feeling, you know, emotional. And at the most pivotal moment at the end of the show, there is a song which comes on. And I hear this beautiful, luscious synthesizer come in and this incredibly piercing, in a very beautiful way, voice. And it's Peace of Mind, the Jezebel song from the album Prisoner. And this doesn't happen to me very often that I hear a song on a. TV show. It happens very, very rarely. And maybe as an outro, you know, kind of song, you might say, that's interesting. Say if they play a, a song on Mad Men on The Sopranos in the, over the credits and you think, oh, I'll, I'll look that up. 
But this was playing during the middle of the show and I had to go and look up. I think thinking I need to know who that is because I want to listen to that song again and again. So anyway, that got into that got me into the Jezebels. That song is great, go and check it out. But we're doing the Brink today, which is the second full album, as far as I know. I know they've had quite a few EPs and things like that. But as far as as far as I know, this is their second full album. And I think this is probably the best entry point for U2 fans if they want to get into the Jezebels. Well, I probably heard the Jezebels before you introduced me to them, but I had no idea who they were. Mm. Um, being an Australian band, they have been featured quite heavily oh, God. in Neighbours. I saw that they were in Home and Away and I thought, is that the same thing as Neighbours? It's it's, Dross, it's not the same. Not, Dross ne- from uh, Australia. Ne- Dross from Oz. Please take that back. I, I will not. Neighbours <laughs> is much better. Um, but there was a storyline a few years ago um, where there, uh, I think at, at around the time of Jezebel's first album, where one of the characters, Kate Ramsey, mm. um, was denied. Wait, don't they live on Ramsey Street? They do. The Ramsey How unimaginative for these. Ramsey guys. Street was named after one of Kate Ramsey's um, ancestors. Mm, all, all the writers thought, can we think of another name? Can we stretch our minuscule brains to think up of more names? You leave Reg Watson alone. <laughs> all right. Anyway, so have turned off. Kate Ramsey was uh, not allowed to go to the Jezebels concert uh, because she hadn't finished her homework. So they, <laughs> so they obviously thought, what's a hip happening band that seems a little bit raucous? Who can we pick? And this is about 2013 around that time. Okay, well, they're very topical. Fair enough. Then maybe maybe I've underestimated them. Yeah. Um, and, and that brings us on to who are the Jezebels, Tyler? Everyone's asking. So um, we've got Nicholas Stephen Caliper drums and percussion. I'm sorry if I'm saying these names wrong. Samuel Henry Lockwood, guitars. I assume that's both guitars and bass because they don't seem to have a dedicated bassist. Uh, Hayley Murray as um, lead vocals and Heather Gale Shannon, keyboards, synthesizer, piano, all that jazz. Yeah, Yeah. 50-50, male and female. We just got woke. Well, I mean, to be fair, it's been it's been a bit of a sausage fest on Tumble so far, hasn't it? Which it, which is a bit of a problem. But then, to be fair, the era in which we're sort of working, the eighties, nineties, was dominated by by guys. But having said that, send us more suggestions. I think Patty Smith is a good one to do. Um, I've never properly listened. Bono's to- mother. Um, yeah, she got annoyed about that, didn't she? Um, I know that Susie and the Banshees is one that has got connections in some way to U2. I've never listened to the Banshees or anything, so... Debbie, maybe. Harry and Blondie. Yes, that would be a good one to do, yeah. yeah. Um, frequently confused with each other. Um, right, so this is The Brink. Um, let's just get the whole Wikipedia quoting out of the way. Um, it was released on the 31st of January 2014. Um, uh, I can't remember if it's any of the record labels is. Um, and the lead single was The End. That's where you heard that at the very start of the podcast. And... The producer's interesting because he's worked with Liam Gallagher, The Vaccines, Lana Del Rey, uh, Scissor Sisters, um, and Hertz. So um, he's quite a well-known producer, this guy. Big fan of Hertz. I would like to do Hertz eventually on this uh, tumble journey, but I don't know when we'll fit them in. He's called Dan Gretsch Margaret, or something similar to that. I'm not probably not pronouncing that correctly. Um, okay, Tyler, so... Um, what was in the charts at that particular time in 2014? And are you going to do UK or US or what? We're doing UK chart. Good. Okay, and fine. considering this is the most recent chart by a country mile, yeah. I don't know any of these songs. Really? Yeah. That's worrying. I wonder if I know any. Um. So, here we go. In at number wait, wait, 10... Wait, stop. Hit it. Now you can do it. In at number 10, Drunk in Love, Beyonce featuring Jay-Z. I know that one. Number nine, Animals by Martin Garrix. Nope. 
Number eight, The Monster, Eminem, featuring Rihanna. And at number seven, all the way up from 18, Control, by Matrix and Future Bound Marshall. Number six, How Long Will I Love You, Ellie Goulding. Number five, Million Pound Girl, by Fuse ODG. Number four, Trumpets, Jason Derulo. Top three now, Hey Brother, by Avicii. And at number two, Timber, Pitbull, featuring Kesha. And number one this week, Happy by Pharrell Williams. I've heard of him. Yeah, I, I think I do know. Because I'm happy. Yeah, I don't know the lyrics. Um, but obviously. what a... I mean... If you don't know it, you can't say it's good or bad. But I didn't know a lot of that, I'll agree. Yeah, I mean, a lot of that's gone unnoticed. and you, well, you, you, I mean, you do hear music. You hear these songs. And for me to only know one of them... Mm. I mean, I like uh, Eminem. I've bought Eminem albums before now. I used to play Jason Derulo a lot when I was a DJ. Mm. Um, but I, I don't know any of these people. I think it's a bit of a travesty. Our songs. It's a bit of a travesty that, that those were in the charts, but the Jezebels weren't really. I mean, because... Couldn't agree more. I just... Yeah, there are some... Only more people watch Neighbours. <laughs> no, that's not helpful. Um, but let's make this part of the campaign to get the Jezebels more well-known in the YouTube community. Now, that might sound very patronising, but... I just want the Jezebels to have a much bigger fan base, particularly in the UK, because then I can go and watch them. No, like last year, when um, 2018, when I saw you 2 in Manchester, mm-hmm. uh, the night before I went to watch Editors, and there were so many U2 fans there, and I really do think that those kinds of people would like the Jezebels as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I, I do think it's a, the fact that people just didn't, Get to hear this album when it when it came out. Yeah. Uh, but there's three there's three good Jezebel's albums to go and get your teeth into. Yeah, and they're quite different as well. I mean, um, Cynthia, as the name suggests, um, the most recent one is very synthy. Um, there's still lots of guitar on there, but it's way more electronic based. Um, the first one, Prisoner, I'd say is a bit less pop orientated than this one. Um, and interestingly enough, they they had this um, they had this kind of moniker with it, which they gave themselves of intense indie. Or indie intense, and um, I think people took the mick out of it. A lot of people in the music press took the mick out of it. They later said that that label was kind of like a joke label that they put on themselves, that they weren't actually trying to establish a new genre. Um, but th- th- there was a lot of there was a lot of negative reviews of this album, which um, really surprises and kind of depresses me a little bit. Um, and even a bit of a tete-a-tete between um, Haley Marie and sorry, Marie Mary. Uh, Haley Mary. Yeah, yeah <laughs> full of grace. That's my old uh, Catholicism coming back. Right, anyway, so um, so there was a lot of that between critics and um, and the band who, who weren't very happy in the way they'd been sort of savaged by them. But if you like you 2 I think this is a great album to get into. And I would be genuinely interested, if people haven't heard this before, go and have a listen and tell us what you think. Um, all right, so anything more to say, Tyler, before we get into the brink or go off the brink? Well, prior to the release of the album, the group made a series of webisodes mm. um, which documented the recording process. Yep. Uh, now, I don't I've read know, Wikipedia as well. I don't know if you plan to use this bit later, but I, I, the quote here from Hayley Murray about writing the second album, yeah, I, think, I think is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, we were facing the second album thing, which is a cliche, but it's straight up true. The second album is hard, working with a new producer, new label involved, away from our families and Dave, our manager. It was different, but lyrically, the album is more a year in the life of me as a person, because I have always pretended things were not about me in lyrics, but this one is personal. 
Hmm. Um, so I thought there was more in that quote, but it's quite a while since I wrote these notes. So the the band had basically uprooted and moved to London. Yeah, which is where they recorded this album. And basically, this wasn't an all-expenses luxury trip to London. Mm. The things that they could take with them were what they could fit into a suitcase. They they each got 28 kilograms worth of stuff, and mm. that's what they could bring with them from Australia. How did they survive? No, but do you know? Do you know what? I mean, they had to like leave everything, and they were coming to leave it. Leave it behind. They had to leave it behind, and they were coming to London for a year at least. Yeah, fair enough. Okay. To write this album. Now, this album was re- uh, written and recorded in the winter, and I think that's very interesting. When you have a a band from sunnier climes, yep, coming over to experience a British winter, mm. and then writing an album like this. Yeah, I mean, and it's it's full of energy and, and light, isn't it, this album? So. That gave me a new appreciation for the content in this album. Hmm. So, And we could also say, in terms of U2 parallels, the second album is hard. I mean, quite clearly, October, you know. Um, and this is a more consistent album, dare I say, than October. You um, hate o- October, don't you? I don't hate it. It's just, it's... it's it's uh, you know it's a match between October and Rattle and Hum for which is the worst album and uh, they both come out badly. Um, even though there's lots of good things to say about October, yada yada. Let's get on with the brink then, shall we? We should. Okay, so um, I think this is quite a risky track to begin with. Um, I don't know why, but I've, this has always been the track that appealed to me least on the album. I, I would never go back to it. I would just always skip straight away to Time to Dance. Um, but now I really like it, and I think it's because it's got this real like tension and release kind of thing going on with it you know that down 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 that kind of choppy guitar that starts it and then when the chorus comes in it's a real like just an outward breath and i i found it such massive love for this song i don't know why i didn't like it before i just got it into my head maybe um well i think there's a um a, tran- a transportation kind of feeling with with the way the the music comes in and the vocals come in very quickly no, yes, normally yeah. there's a there's a longer, I mean even on the on the rest of the songs, mm. but particularly with the the first track on an album, there's normally a longer intro. It catches you off guard, doesn't it? Cause it's a little bit off kilter the rhythm as well, um, and then yeah, it is odd to have a singer coming in that early, and it's also not her coming in with a, one of her big notes or anything like that. It's her almost being that lower register, much more conversational, which yeah. is a bit weird. Um, I also want to say. Hayley Murray's the way that she changes range is absolutely incredible on this on this album. Like consistently, like all all the way through and, and through lots of the the stuff the Jezebels have, have produced. Um, if you're looking for an album that has got just impressive vocal ability and and someone who can go seemingly effortlessly between pitches, yeah, this, this is a great album for that. I I agree. If, um, and there's there's one song in particular. <clears throat> which we'll we'll get to, but if there is a, a young singer in your life, maybe a, a daughter or a niece, maybe maybe even yourself um, mm-hmm. uh, or a, a son, whatever you know, if there is a young singer in your life, a grandson, uh, yes, a, any relation will do, right? Mm-hmm. Then step niece. This is really the kind of thing that you you should not push on them, but you know, advise them to listen to. Yeah, give because them inspiration. This is an incredible study of uh, how to find melody, how to change melody, mm. and how to adapt your voice to a, a different sort of style. Yeah. And 
I, I think once you listen to this album, you'll really understand where I'm coming from with that. I wish there was an album like this that I'd found when I was learning how to sing when I was 15 or 16 years old. Mm. Because it's it's really impressive, and I, yeah. I, I'm quite envious that this kind of album exists now, but it didn't for me back then. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. Um, in terms of what the song's about... Um, like a lot of the songs on this album, this isn't really so much a, a story, you know, where there's a, a very clear narrative being told. There's big, kind of bright feelings, dreamy sort of sections to the song, um, and I felt like I didn't really, I, I didn't really mind to think about what is this about. It's it's more, it's more just experiencing the emotion that's in it. Um, so when she's sort of singing, I never found someone, and she's saying, you know, big topics here: bring back my spirit and my soul, bring back my soul, make me real. Um, that's it's it, it is a kind of u2y feeling because often it's stretching for a huge emotion that you might feel um you couldn't listen to this song every day what's interesting about that particular bit though is she could be singing absolutely anything yeah and you get a it's feeling. the vocal range that um that really gives you that that feeling the lyrics kind of just back up where the, where the voice is up to yeah and the feeling that it emanates to you, so she could be singing anything, right? It could be, it could be, yeah, yeah, yeahs or um, ooos or anything like that. Yeah. But the fact that there's actually lyrics, almost, it's like a director's commentary of what the voice is doing. Mm. It's, it's really. I mean, I could com- go completely nerdy on the, on the, uh, on a vocal study for this album. Yeah. But I'll try not to because I know how you bore people when you talk about guitars. People interest people, interest and engage. Um, okay, uh, and also uh, just last note on this, I couldn't listen to this loud enough today. I had it in my headphones, um, and just I just wanted to keep turning it up and turning it up. Going deaf, um, are you? What? Go- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nearly. Uh, well, anyway, so um, I'm just checking my watch now, and it's time to dance. Oh, are we are we finished on that then? <laughs> well, unless you want to talk about the brink. Anyway. Well, the brink just keeps building and building until to the next track. It doesn't stop. Stop that! So it works really well as an as a as a first track. Yeah, which does. I'm su- I'm surprised you skip because it, it builds to the blame time on me. to dance. Putting the blame on me, not 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 the track or the or the track um, listening or anything. Um, yeah. So this was one that I was I was it was duking it out with the end for should I use this for the intro? Um, and I think it is all in that really nice riff. Um, apparently they went through a lot of different versions of this as well, um, and I just can't understand how you'd how you could change. Are they this. available? Those different versions? No, no, I don't think so, or at least not not commercially. Um, but they they, they maybe when they reply to my email, I'll ask to <laughs> oh, hear nice, some of the yeah. demos. Yeah, Can I have some of this stu- extra stuff, please, and a t-shirt. Um, yeah, so I, I just think this is a great song as well to show someone who is interested in you too and likes those sort of clean uh, ringing notes and having a, a, a nice study in understatement so yeah. not shredding or anything like that just having a nice <laughs> a nice clean guitar riff you know I like when your guitar snobbery like pops into a review uh, hey I like shredding every now and then I, <laughs> I even do a touch of it myself every now and then so but, this is know. this is track two. This is time to dance. It's four minutes and thirty eight seconds, and it was the third single released on July the twenty seventh, two thousand and fourteen. And how did it do in Australia? Uh, I don't have the chart information. Oh, okay, fine. Um, I forgot that I forgot that I normally do that. Um, but uh, I, it's my time to talk about guitars now because I've heard this song many many times, and it was only really today when I was really focusing and listening on it and doing my track by track that I noticed there's a, an acoustic guitar in there or a Spanish guitar, I'm not sure which. Yeah, it's acoustic. 
as well as the lead electric guitar. Yeah. So would you say it's acoustic and not Spanish? Because it certainly has that more uh, nylon string feel to it. Perhaps, but to me it's an acoustic guitar and let's not quibble too much. Oh, it's it's, it's different when you want to talk about guitars, isn't it? (laughs) Um, But uh, yeah, so... um, there's, there's lyrics for all of this song, all this album that I've picked out, um, but particularly in this song were... I wonder if you picked the same bits as me. Uh, it's where the melody changes, uh, and it, and it's the, uh, oh, the beat goes on, the streets are cold, you can't go home. Mm, that's a good bit. Um, and it, what's, re- what's really interesting, it's so different to the rest of the track. Yeah. And it really breaks things up, and it adds a different layer, and it almost sounds like a different genre. I mean, mm. it's, if... It, She's uh, uh, Haley Murray is singing, but it could almost be rap. Yeah, that the, bit. The beat intensifies there. Yeah, and it nicely fits with what she's saying. You know, the beat goes on. Um, you know that that idea of of. I think this is a lot about frustration and exhaustion, and then and then relief and happiness. Really, um, that to me anyway, that that's what that bit is all about. You know, life sort of carrying on and carrying on. Yeah, yeah, it's um. I we've not really hit the main big themes in this in this album yet, which for, track two. I know, but for for me, like the the main themes are like displacement. But uh, I with this track, I, I do kind of get if you're asking, you know, when can you tell me when it's time to dance? Yeah, it's someone who doesn't really hasn't found their feet yet, doesn't know mm. uh, the rules or um things you know it doesn't you know doesn't really know where they are doesn't really know how things go uh, so you're still asking you know when when can i do that you know like when you have a new job or something yeah it's like, oh is it all right if i go for a smoke or, or you it's know never time to dance with your new job or, you know, when do we when do we you know when do, when do we go for break you know stuff like that yeah so that's the kind of feeling i get i get from that See, I- i'm sure that they meant it to have <laughs> much more philosophical meaning than Start a new job, and when you can go for a smoke, or when you can go for some food. Well, I mean, to, to me, the bit that sticks out the most is is the lines: "When you work so hard, say so what's the point in having all that gas? When you work so hard, say so what's the point in doing all that jazz?" I think this is a song that reminds you that it should be occasionally time to dance. You know, you've got to you work. People do work really, really hard. Fitful for you, it's when we go and watch YouTube, baby. Apparently, <laughs> well, they get they get my feet moving. Apparently, <laughs> still still talking about uh, you dancing. Very funny indeed. Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> anyway, my point that I was making before you uh, socially embarrassed me is, is yeah, what is the point in, in working really hard if you're not actually going to dance? And there's also that, the, the key change at the end, well, maybe it's a key change, maybe it's a range change. Um, when she says, someday I'll, I'll love what I can't find in you, I need some kind of love worth dancing to. I think it's a nice way of, of thinking about love as, it shouldn't be something that's like okay, fine. I'll just settle for this sort of like mm, whatever. Like this sh- love should be something that is worth dancing to. You know, it's it's a it's a big feeling. It's a big uh, and expressed in a big way. And um, it's like partridge. I don't know. It's expressed. In I think you always sound like partridge. But continue. Expressed in what I can only say is a big way. Um, <laughs> so um, if you want to listen to a good version of this, go onto YouTube. Um, put in the the song name, obviously, and music feed studio because there's a very very good version which um, we've watched quite a few times. Where it's it's pretty much it's not acoustic but it's a stripped back version of it and it's yeah really good. And Is that see- the one where the drummer's just got a tambourine? No, no, I think he's got more than that. I think he's, no, he does hit something. Uh, there's, there's certainly one and it's a red studio. Maybe I'll uh, in fact I'll, I'll definitely put a link to this in the 
uh, the the notes um, for the episode. Uh, but there's one where uh, the drummer is doing the tambourine, and me and Lewis, mm. um, my friend from back home, uh, were, had we were listening to it, and we thought, oh, I wonder if we can do that. Oh, but basically, we were taking the mick out of um, mm. out of the the drummer because he was just. Then you realize tambourine. Not a tambourine, and then we started to do it, and it was really hard to do for like four minutes. Yeah, it was difficult for to do for like twenty minutes, uh, twenty seconds, but never mind four minutes. It was it was tough. Well, um, well done, Nicholas. I want uh, I want this song to implode. I just want it to you know build and build and build and build. Uh, it le- it really does leave me wanting more. Um, and this is a really good Mister the Edge impression. Not that, yeah. not that it was intended that way. No, I don't think it is. And it, but the thing is, I think, he, I'm sure he knows that he he plays very similarly in style. There's a lot of delay. There's a lot of reverb. Yeah, if you if you like harmonics, then you you're never going to be too far away from that sound. Yeah, and and also, who cares? Like, like it's nice to imitate. That's the sound I, I that's the sound I go for occasionally. So, good, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, look of love. So. You can listen to actually a track-by-track commentary about this album on Spotify. It's not very good. It's not fantastic. Yeah, no, it isn't. It's not like you're getting a huge amount of insight out of each one. Um, but for, for better or for worse, uh, Hayley Mary says this is a song a lot to do with feminine sexuality. Um, and for me, this to, this seems like about um, chances that are maybe missed due to you know maybe shame or humiliation, but also about danger and sexual violence as well. Um, so it's there's this line about love being a spider web. Um, you get spinning again, which there's a lot of ambiguity or double meanings on this. So, you know, love's a spider web. Obviously, it's something that can trap someone. Um, it doesn't say that. What? I, I thought it said your love's a spider web. Web. I also misheard that. Why? What do you think? What does it say? It says your love's so staggering. No, it's spider web. You get spinning again, spinning the web. Well, that's what I thought, but I, I looked up the looked up the lyrics earlier, and apparently your love's so staggering. Well, where's your source? Um, another band didn't tell you. Well, if we uh, do a little Monty Python interlude, rest in peace, Terry Jones. Yep. Uh, we can um, we can look it up, and we'll we'll do that, and we'll get the lyrics off the official website. Right, we'll get to the bottom of this one way or another. And we're back, hot from the case. I don't know if people say that. <laughs> they probably don't. Um, all right, so anyway, we, we found out, <laughs> although um, an erroneous music source online does say you'll have so staggering, um, a couple do say spiderweb, and we've gone straight to the Jezebels, and there is a performance, which I hope you guys can hear. Um, so I've isolated the little bit, okay? Um, again, this is at live at Music Feed Studio. A very, very good acoustic performance, I would say. So let's just listen now. Yep, spiderweb. I think we've, I think we've, we've, we've solved the case. I mean, you've just paused the on a on a uh, a picture of, of the guitarist. Is that Sam or Nick? Sam. It's Sam. All right. Now Sam does look. If he had a beanie hat on, <laughs> he could be the edge. Possibly, yeah. Put a number seven shirt on him, beanie hat. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. I don't think it is him. I mean, he's a lot younger. 
Um, okay, right, so back to the song. Look of Love. Um, so yeah, this this was another thing that really sold me on, on this album. I remember hearing a live version, which I couldn't find today on YouTube, which is worrying, because I don't know where it is. Um, but I remember hearing a version of this. Um, and the thing that made me really enjoy this song was actually the synthesizer in the in the chorus. Which oh goes, yeah. Dun, 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 Almost like dancey, really. Yeah. It's weird. And I remember that live version that I heard the first time. I was like, oh my god, that synth is good. And my one complaint is that on record, it's not loud enough. I want that like to come crashing down, like dun 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 dun. You know, really like hard and like yeah, techno-y almost. Yeah, I think it's always worth noticing what Heather Shannon is doing. Um, because I think w- with all bands that you look at, there's always one member who seems to be... They're the musical genius in the band. Mm-hmm. It it would be The Edge in, in U2. Yes, it would. <laughs> Closely followed by Adam Clayton. Mm. Um, but I, I really get that impression with, with Heather. I think she is the music know-how person in that band. Yeah. And so th- there's always something really nice and intricate going on yeah. just below the surface. And, and That's why live performances are good to watch, see what she's doing, because sometimes it's not interesting to actually watch what a keyboard player is doing, but she's always interesting to watch, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, absolutely phenomenal uh, song in The Look of Love. Took me a while to get into, um, but no, I, I, I kind of listen to this album as a as a complete thing now. Yeah, it's got it's definitely got... I mean, it is eclectic. There are quite a few different sounds on it overall. Yes, there are. Um, but it 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 does stand out really well. Um, and I think this is nice because you've got a series of big tunes up front. Really, this is yeah, not an yeah. album that is backwards and coming forward. You've got almost an all you can't leave behind style. You know, assault of big big songs straight away, which which I'm very happy. Great with. album. Yeah. Uh, well, half of it's good. Um, yeah. Uh, so this was the second single, and that was released in February. Uh, that's a long time before um, Time to Dance, which was in July. Wow. I'll talk to the record label. Yeah, and the album came out in January 2014. Um, so same year as Songs of Innocence. Wow. Just, just about. Fair enough. Yeah. Well, um, okay, anything more to say about Look of Love? I mean, it's, it's a fun song. It's a good one um, in terms of tempo and everything that's going on makes it... Makes it an interesting, fun song to listen to. It'll stick in your head. This song. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, it, it yeah. really does. Um, and but... it, and if anyone wants to do us uh, a remix, we've not mentioned George McCauley for a while. Uh, George, feel free to do us a, uh, a a nice remix of the Look of Love. What with me sampled in the. Not not. <laughs> please don't sample Johnny in the. But um, just do what he he said basically. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> get the eggs out, Tyler. It's beat to beat. <sighs> God. Uh, right. So this is the most pop, and it's four minutes sixteen. The song, by the way, the most poppy song so far. Um, and I, I, it? it is. Yeah, in my opinion. Factually, it is. Uh, in my opinion. Um, I think. Look of. Not, if you want me to speak objectively, I can't do that. <laughs> uh, I reckon time to dance is a bit more poppy, but yeah, in a different sort of way. This is the one I would say. What, this... Well, if you let me finish my ruddy point. All right, go on. right. I think this sounds a lot more like. People like churches, yep. or chiverches, as I like to call them. Uh, Lily Allen, um, the over pop. I can't name a lot of pop starlets. I, I apologize. Uh, Britney Spears. No, no, no. A very particular. No, a very particular type of uh, 2010s style uh, female pop Lana Del song. Rey? 
maybe I don't know who that is, uh, <laughs> but uh, this this remind this could be sung by by one of those people. Yeah, and I do think sold it as one of those. I think I do think uh, that the, it, there's a good voice comparison on this song with Haley Murray and Lily Allen. Now, oh, s- no. say what you want about Lily Allen. Oh, I, I really I really like her. Oof, I I don't, I'm sorry, but there's there's so many soundalikes of Lily Allen. It's embarrassing. Well, anyway, uh, there's a really heavy drum and bass in this song as well, um, which I, I would like to know who's actually playing the bass. Um, I think it's um, I think it's all played by Sam. I think when it says guitars, I think it includes bass guitars as well. Um, and I imagine live, they either do something with someone off stage or they do it on the keys somehow. Um, as like a lower end, but that'd be kind of annoying actually. Um, yeah, the, the apparently one of the insights, one of the few insights you do actually get from that commentary on it is. It came from the beat, and that's why it's called Beat to Beat. They, it's there's a special name for it. It's slightly kind of, um, I don't know what the name is, like syncopated or unsyncopated or whatever. But yeah, that's that sort of, you know, it's, it sounds amazing when I do it. Um, that's where the song really lives and where it comes from. Um, yeah, this song is about for me things that keep you from the brink, if you will. So I think there is a lot of that. You said displacement. Um, she talks about the general apathy wa- washing over her, and you do have those moments sometimes in the street where you just think, "I cannot be bothered with anything. This is horrible." You know, um, just wash over you this feeling of apathy. Um, but then, as she says, you know, beat to beat, life goes on, and you have to find your own melody, which is which is a good line. I, well, it's I like close, that. but it's not quite right. Uh, I th- I'm paraphrasing. I think this because uh, I I've got the same. Uh, quote from the lyrics as you on the busy street the general apathy washed over me i gotta make it out from beat to beat we find our own melody it's natural uh it's it's a prerogative does it say that <laughs> yeah it's uh, i don't yeah. actually remember it saying that maybe maybe she said spiderweb again but this is like um even for me uh, i can imagine this is uh what walking through london as a uh as a tourist or a visitor mm. is is like I, I often feel a general apathy walking uh, washing over. I, I love London because I love how rude it is. It's and I, I dislike it for the same reason. I I like that you can get on uh, on a tube with like two thousand people and not one of them even wants to look at you. And they've they've perfected oh, great. no, but they've perfected that art of not even. Just, just ignoring that anybody else is in the world, and I man, love that about there London. Could be a man on fire, and no one would care or bat an eyelid. They just carry on reading the books and having bad lungs from being on the tube all day. Apologies, Londoners, but I, I don't like the tube very much. Uh, I, Put stuff closer I, together. I know. I, I mean, things in London are close together. Most things in London are walking distance. Well, it actually takes longer to walk down to the tube. Well, at the risk of going off on a tangent, when we see our friend Vinny, he says, "Oh yeah, there's this great restaurant." Um, and then three hours later, we're on we're on the you know we're on the threshold of the restaurant. <laughs> he's he's discovered hours. Uber now. I've never like the last the last night out I had with Vinny in London. The one that you weren't at. This is getting indulgent now. Uh, on, very um, quickly. Uh, I must have got about seven or eight Ubers in one night because mm. we were just going. Oh, oh, there's this. There's this one place in Charing Cross. Oh, there's this. There's this one place in another place that's further away from Charing Cross. Mm. And and we were just moving around like that. Well, I, I'm I'm not the biggest fan. Um, I love London. Uh, well, there we go. That's that's balance for you. Um, <laughs> the, but they're not all great lyrics on this, um, or at least not all. 
there's a lyric that stands out really, really um, clearly on this song for me, which I'm not sure how I feel about. Do you, do you want to guess which lyric that is? It's quite difficult, I suppose, out of all of them, but there's a bit that I'm like, what does that mean? Uh, it sort of sticks out a little bit to me anyway. I don't know. Uh, Even steak don't cry if you seal it right. I'm like, that sounds like a like a, a clever sort of like, um, you know, like a, like a, a well-formed idea, you know, obviously... Because if, if you seal steak, then it won't bleed. But then, what does that mean? Even steak don't cry if you seal it right. So maybe if you bottle everything up, then you won't visibly show your tears. I've honestly never noticed that lyric before. Well, it's in there. Um, but yeah, maybe that is part of it. Maybe I've just worked it out, actually. That's what it means. Uh, the things don't need to weigh you down, necessarily. And life goes on. And even if it's rubbish a lot of the time, um, you can still live beat to beat. And I, I like also that what they do on this album is take what seems like isolation, dislocation, all the things Bono talks about in bad, actually. Um, and they turn it, like Bono, into something positive, which is a piece of music that's ruddy inspiring. Okay. Uh, no one's wide awake after that. Uh, ready for Angel of Fire? Yes, please. Okay. Uh, four minutes, two seconds long. Uh, minimalistic, shimmering guitar that adds a lot to this song. Mm-hmm. Which uh, goes over that sort of infectious loop that's at the start, the dum boom dum boom boom boom. Yeah. Again, Macaulay, sample it. <laughs> we just call him Macaulay now. DJ Macaulay, if he's listening. <laughs> DJ Macaulay. What, what, Does anyway? he have a. I, I don't know. We'll find out. <laughs> we'll find out. Um, uh, so the piano begins to match what the, uh, the guitar was doing. Um, and I, I mean, you've got—you really got to listen to the song to realize how how good it is. There's so many. That's di- true of every song. And there's so many. <laughs> yeah, I suppose there's so many different layers, though. Mm. Um, I feel like I'm still discovering this song. How many years later? I, I, I'd say this song's been in my life about four years. Yeah. So I'm still finding a lot of good stuff about it, and and the album. It's it sounds a bit to me. I mean, for a start, it's a good, it's a welcome change of pace because much as I said, I was saying, I, I I do like the fact that we've got four kind of bangers out of the, out of the gate We they do need to slow it down a little bit and make it a bit more simple um, now Hayley Murray on those commentary said that this is possibly their best song and apparently it came together very very quickly in the studio as well um, they just happened to go in um, I think um, I think Heather sorry because Heather Gale Shannon's got potentially three first names there I, I didn't know if she's called Heather Gale or Shannon HGS just call her HGS okay well HGS said we're going in the studio. I don't care whether you're tired. And this is what happened. And, and, uh, and I'm glad they did because it is a good song. Mm. Um, however, there is there's a bit where she says, "I've got the rhythm of Beyonce," like, and I'm thinking, do another pass on these lyrics because, like, there's very beautiful lines in here. Okay? Isn't it with hit me with the rhythm of Beyonce? Yeah, I'm paraphrasing. It's something like yeah, but yeah, but that hit me with the rhythm of Beyonce is not I've got the rhythm of Beyonce. <laughs> Fair enough. Look, there, there no, is... not just fair enough. You're completely wrong. Retract your statement, sir. How, how do I do that? Yeah. Do we just say it backwards? Right, okay. Oh, when did David Lynch get here? Jim Jim Carrey over here. Um, <laughs> but, but next to beautiful lyrics like "Angels of Fire," "Light of the Way," "I'm Getting Older and Bitter," "Roll It Again," which I really like. I like I like the rhythm of what's going on here. But I just I think I don't. I, maybe it's a personal thing. I don't like when people mention stuff that's really topical. Maybe this is why I'm not a massive fan of rap either, because it uses a lot of you know topical references that you think. Well, is that timeless? But then I don't know. Maybe 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 that's just me. I I think. Uh... In in this song, she's kind of living through um, 
you know, external sources. Like, you know, she's living through, like, maybe she's hearing a certain Beyonce song that's on the radio a lot, and she's living through that song. Yeah. She's accessing an energy through, through that song because it seems to me that it's about being far away from someone. It could be a boyfriend or a girlfriend or a, a town or you're just missing something seemingly in my reading something that's in Australia something that she's not got yeah. with her in the UK yeah. um so i i kind of i kind of get that it's i don't it's not the greatest song on the album uh, no it isn't for me either i mean i, I disagree with with um, with paley there about it being you know one, one of the best it's not one of the best on the album i do think it's very personal though yeah, and maybe that's why she puts so much importance on it. Yeah, I think it's got a tender quality to it, which is which is very nice. Um, weirdly, and I don't know where I'm getting this from, maybe, but um, "Angels of Fire" seems to me "Angels of Fire" light up the way. That reminds me, and it's obviously not intentional, but I mean, it might not even be logical. But it reminds me of you know the section at the end of the um, Innocence tour where you had the kind of Women of the Future um, bit. Um, it reminds me of that, and there's. We'll come back to maybe that idea um, as we go through the album because I think that idea does sort of come back up again. Um, yeah, um, I just wanted to quote here from Pop Matters, um, which might might not be something the band want me to do here, um, but um, some some. Oh no, this is a positive bit actually. A lot of the reviewers were being a little bit um, harsh. Yeah, just unnecessarily harsh in a lot of ways, um, but. Um, They've said here the perpetually danceable racket borders on oppressive, okay, um, and that was that was talking about beat to beat, and they're saying you keep wanting to pair it down, back off a bit, and give Mary a spotlight, and that's what the, re- the review from Pop Matter says they do on here, and it works a lot better. Now I don't think um, beat to beat or love look of love or racket, I think they're brilliant. Um, there was one review saying that the sound has been like muddily mastered, and I think that's that's just that's just just wrong and yeah. untrue. Uh, it's it, it isn't. I think it's very well produced this album. Um, anyway, so. Uh, Get out, old men. It's no country. Um, just before, before I think that the problem is, I mean, even we've described this album as poppy, yep. but it's not pop. This is not a pop album. This is a rock album. Um, and, and I think sometimes having a female lead singer, people don't know how to associate a female lead singer with rock, which is complete rubbish mm. and... Uh, female singers and female bands can produce really good rock music and i i think this this album's very hard to genre for a lot of people because mm. she sounds she's an amazing singer yeah and she does occasionally sound like a a pop singer but i don't think she she is and i don't think this is a pop record at all i think it's no, a it's rock poppy, record it's got poppy elements on it sure it's got um, it's it's too uh in a lot of ways um too it really gets down to the heart of something. Yeah, it's not just all surface and show, like uh, I would say a lot of pop music is. Yeah, and uh, I think Haley Marie, uh, Haley Mary herself, uh, was saying that um, in Australia there was or there is still a kind of association that if it's rock music, it's got to be like a grizzly Angus Young. Is it Angus Young who's the guitarist? An ACDC, you know, sort of st- sound. You're on about Brian Johnson, the That's lead it, yeah, singer of yeah. ACDC. I, I, mean, I can't think of anything worse because I do not like ACDC at all. I, I quite like them. Wow. What have we disagreed about today then? Every, everything. <laughs> London and ACDC. <laughs> <laughs> and Neighbours. Don't we get Neighbours? And Neighbours, yeah. Um, okay, so uh, so then, No Country. Um this is one of one of my favourites on the album. I, I really enjoy this one. Um, 
I think it's just got such great lyrics to it. Um, and the thing is, as usual, the lyrics depend on the expression that's being put into them. So when she says, I love you like we're in the movies, um, it's a, it's a, it sounds initially like a really positive thing, you know, oh, I love you a lot. But then you realise that you're likening it to something that is false or that can never be fully yeah. authentic. Funnily enough, it's kind it's of sad. what we mentioned on the Simple Minds episode. R- remind me. Uh, we Be said something mind. like this. <laughs> <laughs> I've not gone back. I know well, we had that conversation on the simple <laughs> on the Simple Minds episode. Look, go back and figure it out for yourselves. Please but do. we we talked about how you know sometimes living your life um, or, or putting so much importance on a movie and going, oh, I've been through that. Well, no, you haven't. You've been through something and you were so because you've seen it in a film, mm. you give it a certain importance or you you associate that with it. But actually, the real life thing mm. was a lot more real, probably a lot more boring. Uh, it's you know it's been glamorized in in mm. a film or or in a song, I suppose. So I I picked that up and it reminded me of the Simple Minds uh, episode. But I can't remember what song we we're actually on about. <laughs> Um, it's got. I think this has got uh, complicated, complex lyrics. Very ambiguous a lot of the time. Um, Haley Mary said that this is an abstract song, and I, I, I definitely agree with that word because I mean it starts almost like a story. She talks about hearing about a tree that's releasing spores, and it goes on to this man, and he's not the same anymore. Are you going well, to me correct the lyrics? No. Well, it starts with a very because we've got we basically got all the same quotes, but Quite different exciting. but different notes. But I think the song starts uh, in a way that's very reminiscent to Where the Streets has, Have No Name. Um, and with that opening and the synth, and then the first line being, I heard there was a kind of tree releasing spores. I was like, oh, I know what tree she's on about. <laughs> a bloody Joshua tree. Yeah. Um, but uh, apparently sycamore she's uh, she's going for. Yeah, walking on the sycamores. Um, I guess that choice of tree because it rhymes with spores. <laughs> um she said here that she wanted to, through this song to um, remind everyone that even though the world's a hard place, that she wanted to tell people that she loves them. I don't really. She doesn't sort of do that in the song, so I don't really know know where that goes. And maybe it's a more of, again more of a feeling rather than an actual. You know, she's not singing "I love you" to them, which would be which would be quite weird. Um, but then at, at the end, I think this is where you do get that idea of um, of feminism and femininity because she names um, various. Well, female names says like Frida, Julietta, Chains, and so it's about the way that the way that's written out, it's kind of like a play. So it says it'll say like Julietta, Chains, colon Chains, yeah. Um, and 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 I found that just the way it's set out, it's as if it's a play, and you know that's the script. So they're saying that. Well, I was wondering, was it was it people, famous people from history? I mean, Frida. I'm thinking maybe Frida Kahlo again, that female artist, uncompromising and had her own opinions about stuff and. Didn't really care to a certain extent about about how people perceived her, um, so, but then I couldn't look up who Julietta and Juliana are. So mm. if someone if someone knows that, please tell me. So I did some research and could not find. Well, it. I imagine Haley Murray will uh, tell us when she emails us back. Oh yeah, no, in a long rambling email that she's sending to us. Yeah, guys, do get in touch. <laughs> you have our details. Um, uh, anything else you want to add to this? No. Uh, this is so. This is the song, like I said in the intro. Um, the, for me, is mostly about the idea of you leaving your 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 home your home country and you going somewhere new, exciting, but also foreign to you. And all you can take with you is uh, twenty eight kilograms worth of possessions. Mm-hmm. Um, this this idea of there being no country uh, for you or or me and being completely 
um, a complete tourist, I suppose, yeah. and completely displaced um, in a foreign city. Really, uh, I, I, I like that idea. Mm. Um, and I think there's a lot of really heartfelt lyrics and there's a lot of loneliness in this song. Yeah. Um, someone searching and scratching just for that that place to call home or this that idea of this is mine. Yeah, and and that's reflected in the music, isn't it? Those, um, I, guess, I guess it would be synthesised at the, at the start. Um, that it's really melancholy a lot of it, which is, but then it gets to be a lot more energetic and positive by the end of it. So, I think you can you can have like a you know an identity politics read into this as well. I think that she said that she did want to write the song about politics in some way, but but not in a very you know specific sort of way, which is definitely the way to do it. You know, I, I think that it's. A, you want to get out a feeling or a general passion rather than a, you know, this particular issue needs to be sorted right now, you know. Mm. So we move on. There's a, there is some uh, political commentary coming up, which I, I, I it does make me laugh. Okay. Uh, but we'll, we'll we'll get to that. The next song is the end, and oh, this was the first single. Stop then. This was the first single released October fourteenth, two thousand and three. October. Wow, that's. What, three months before the album? Yeah. Good God. We did things differently in 2014. 13. 13. Um, so Haley Mary said this was all about the idea of was there another album inside of her? Like, did she actually have um, the ability? And it was a feeling of when you're, you're out of ideas and you think, is this worth carrying on? Is it worth bothering with? It's kind of like us at the end of season two of Review 2, basically. You know, we finished all the albums or whenever it was. Is the more stuff, and yes, that barrel has, is being scraped right in front of your eyes. Yeah, don't know what you're on about. We've got loads to talk about. Yeah, we've got we've the, not the, rest, about, the rest of rock music. We, we've not talked about Bono's shoe size yet. Mm. I bet it's small. Uh, anyway, um, so uh, this is an obvious first single, big and bombastic. Yep. Um, moody low vocal, which I really like, and it feels like yeah. that's different. She can't be up at the top all the time. There's got to be light and shade. Um, this has got such an amazing pre-chorus. It's it's. I don't usually get that excited about pre-choruses, but um, I absolutely love love that. And I think this is the song that hopefully will convert you two fans to being Jezebel fans as well. Yeah. Then they come over do a gig. Yeah, I hope they do. Yeah. That's that's the aim. That's the aim. Um, and yeah, so so this is this is a song that I think it, it is a pretty straight rock song in a lot of ways. Um, they have some songs which do just seem like pretty straight rock songs. Like Endless Summer um, from Prison of the album before that is, is similar to this. It's um, so sing-alongable as well. Yes, it is. Yeah, um, and I, I think they they there was one point where Sam was responsible for saying maybe we should put this in seven eight and like changing it up and doing something a bit more experimental and i think they realized that sometimes a rock song is a rock song yeah and leave it be and it's good you know um there's, so there's a lyric in this which gets me every time i've been thinking about it forever and i just don't know what it means and i, I think maybe i kind of like it like that uh but the lyric is oh um so the main lyric that I always think about is Michelangelo would pay to paint the floor. Yeah. But the, the, the bit before that, just to give it some context, is, oh, come on, lover, don't say it's done. Go pray for something more. Michelangelo would pay to paint the floor. Would pray to paint the floor. I think it's pay. <laughs> oh, God. Is this, is this another one? Oh, I suppose if I've, already, I've already taken the time to look up the Monty Python music, then fair enough. Let's do another one. Uh, the game's afoot, so let's go and look for this now. And... 
Thank you, Pythons. So we're ready for another another listen along um, where it turns out that one of us was right and one of us was wrong. This copyright segment is really becoming a, a hit. <laughs> so here we go. Voice. All right, we can't just listen to the jazz bells, um, but I, I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd like to. Fantastic voice, honestly. Yeah, Big and when Heather, revive. when Heather comes in with the backing vocals, that's that's true. Oh, it's so I, good. I made a note to, to mention that as well because I, I I knew I'd do this. I knew I'd focus way too much on just her voice. She, they're they're all good singers, really. Well, I don't know. About I, yeah, I don't know about <laughs> Sam and Nick. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, yeah, Heather is like edge to um to Haley Bono. The um yeah, really good. So um, yeah, what is that? I, I what does it mean? Line. What does it mean? <laughs> like, so about, about an hour later, what does that mean? Right, we both got degrees in English. So yeah, Michelangelo would pray to paint the floor. You see, I've been so for months. I've been thinking pay. So now I have to rethink and every anything I thought was at this point is. I, I like the irrelevant. idea of, of Michelangelo shuffling into the Vatican, just getting over like one of the priests and just slipping him like a fiver or two and being like, pray for inspiration, perhaps. Uh, or pray for the chance to I, I think do his art. Maybe someone who knows about Michelangelo can tell us. I know he painted the roof of the Sistine Chapel, so maybe he just wanted to do a complete job. Or maybe he was fed up with being upside down all the time and, and painting. <laughs> maybe he literally, while he was painting the Sistine Chapel ceiling, mm. was praying to paint the bloody floor. Well, he would have had to go up a lot of steps on that ladder. Yeah. Because he actually lay, he, he lied down on the scaffold, didn't he? Um... That's so. how I've seen it depicted. He had there was scaffold all the way up. Yeah, but if that's in a film, it doesn't. They'll be doing what's dramatic rather than what actually. No, it was a documentary. Oh, okay. I think he sellotaped together lots and lots of brushes and then just sort of did that at a very long distance, which, if anything, makes it more impressive, really. <laughs> um, and, and maybe it's the fact that um, they're talking here about the fact that when you are um, in a band. And they thought this was all... She said that she was walking around a park and that everything felt like it was finishing and that she, she wasn't going to be able to be in this band anymore and maybe the life is going to be you know, over um, into, because she thought, do I have any more songs to write? Maybe it's the idea of... But if you're doing something you love, you would do it... You know, you're desperate to do it. So even Michelangelo, he would be happy... Don't, actually, yeah, don't accept that there's an end to it. So maybe when he's finished the ceiling, he's, he's, he's praying for the chance to paint something else. He's eyeing up the floor. <laughs> yeah. yeah, fair enough. I mean, that'd be very awkward to paint. What, the floor? You'd have to start from the middle and work your way out, wouldn't you? That's, well, would you? No, Because I, I assume it would dry. Yes, eventually. So start in one corner? <laughs> Don't know. I've never been to the Sistine Chapel. I, I'm imagining it's a, a circular room. Maybe. I've not been either. No. Right, anyway. If you've been to the Sistine Chapel, you get in touch and Next let us know in. what what state the floor's in. Yeah. Does it need a, a touch of paint from Michelangelo? So uh, the next song is "Got Velvet," and um, this was odd because there was a this uh, the only track that sort of works in with like a fade in and not like a Joshua Tree style fade in where you've got obviously a swell. It's more like you're walking in, you're walking down the road, and the band are playing already, and you're sort of like, oh, they're playing here. You know, it's it's a bit odd that kind of fade in. Um, and I think that made me just skip this track because I think I heard it and just thought, oh, it's that weird fade in one. Um, 
But it is, it's great. I can't think of this song though without thinking about the edge because it's the, the guitar is so edgy in a lot of in a lot of places. Yeah, lyrically, this is a, a, a structurally, like this is where you notice that Haley Murray can really make any number of syllables fit into a line. Yeah, it's it, it's that's such an underrated talent as well because there's a lot of times like we we've written songs to limited success right but we've we've written songs and sometimes the hardest thing to do is no matter what's on the page get that to fit in the song you know you normally got to cut out words or stop that but Mm. she she seems to have this ability that it doesn't matter what she's writing she can fit it in that line Mm. and that that to me is so impressive however the worst lyric on this album can i guess what it is please do you were like the government lying all the time. Yeah. Yeah, it's an awful Talk about line. your hard-hitting political satire there. Yeah. You were like the government lying all the time. Um, you know, yeah. Ian Hislop raises his eyebrow. Very clever. <laughs> it, it's like the government. They're always lying. Every time she sings, in an otherwise beautiful song, every time she sings that, yeah, I'm just like, oh, I, give me half an hour, I could have thought something better than and, that. And the thing is, right, I don't, <clears throat> I don't want to comment on whatever political situation was going on in Australia at that particular time. And we know that Scott Morrison, I've not done the research, but we know Scott Morrison is in a lot of deep trouble here for ignoring calls and warnings about the whole situation that's happened there. And our hearts go out to Australia and, you know, the environment in general, because it seems like it's screwed at the moment. Um, Yeah, I I mean, from from what my Australian friends tell me, and this is never an in-depth political conversation, it seems like Australia have not had a reliable... Prime Minister mm. for quite some time. Um, we it don't seems know who to, was Prime Minister when this happened. Seems either. to have been a lot of comings and goings yeah. for the last few years. I don't know what state it was in at this particular time. Mm. Um, it's but, really but, difficult to think of like an unstable government and things all going terrible. It's and hard to think of a stable on. government anywhere in the world right now. That's what I was saying, yeah. as, as UK people. Um, <laughs> oh yeah. right, irony. Yeah, and I didn't want. I didn't want the. I didn't want the. The you know my. I have a problem with the line because it's just a bit crap to be honest yeah, not yeah. because governments don't lie they do you know and <gasps> not because not because everything's perfect over here it, they aren't it, it isn't um, but the bit after that I think is actually quite good so there are there are good lyrics next to next to not as good lyrics so um, next to that line we have um, with a shattered piece of way back when stuck forever in your mind which is a great it's a great line I really like that yeah. the idea of something broken sticking in your head that idea of the past just ruining the future so um yeah, I think I think, and there's there's enigmatic lines here uh, because I no longer have to worry about the shadows on your walls. I, you know, what does that mean? It's it's maybe, it's sort of, again, it seems like it's sort of dark and oppressive, and someone who's in a relationship maybe where they are worried about someone um, being aggressive in some sort of way. I don't mm. know. And the shadow that's interesting as well because the shadows is something you don't normally like. There's a light on in this room. Where, I'm looking recording. at all the shadows now. Right, yeah, like we, normally, like we I'm don't there. we wouldn't look at our shadows. Mm-hmm. They're there, but we don't look at them. But I imagine if you're not in that room and you have a certain paranoia about a partner, mm. then there's, you know, who else is in there? And then to to focus on the shadow of that particular person. Mm. The, um, that, that's, darker aspects. Yeah, so that, that, I mean, this is a really interesting, a couple of really interesting lines yeah, next by. to you would just like the government lying all the time. I Come knew, on, Haley. I knew it would be that one. Um um, the, yeah. drum, the drums um, have a kind of all on, all along the watchtower sort of vibe. Like dum dum yeah. Dum, dum, in, dum. in the middle eight, those drums are fucking insane. <laughs> we'll have to bleep that out. <laughs> <laughs> I 
It just shows Tyler's passion for this. Um, um, it really, I, I was just like, oh, I mean, you know I can't drum. I basically do the same beat on my legs all the time. Mm. Um, and uh, I just, I, I was just incredible. I loved it so much uh, hearing that. Um, I, and I'm equally as passionate, although I will not be swearing, about uh, the guitar solo. This is probably the best, um, the, the best guitar solo on the album, I think. It's, it's just great. And uh, the way he is able to work with reverb and sustaining notes is, is fantastic. So yeah. hats off to the producer and also hats off to Hayley. I think this might be the highest she goes on the album, actually, in terms of pitch. I might be wrong there, but I think towards the end of this song, um, it might be the highest that she goes. It's so effortless when she does it as well. It's, it's, I'm thinking about it now. It's so high. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just yeah. Just I mean, if you've ne- if you've I mean, it's amazing if you've got this far uh, and you haven't yet heard anything from the Jezebels other than what we've played you. Mm. Um, but go and check out Haley uh, Murray's new solo stuff as well. She's just a fantastic singer. Is it any good the new stuff? Uh, I've I've given it one listen, but I've okay. been deep in Jezebel stuff. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, so, um, funnily enough, when we first mentioned that we were doing uh, In Excess mm. last year, yep. we got a recommendation to do another Australian band called Midnight Oil. Uh, on the okay. way here, um, I was listening to Midnight Oil, and a couple of Midnight Oil songs were actually in the set list before the band come uh, before you two come on stage oh, for the Joshua Tree tour. Interesting. So I knew the songs, but didn't know it was Midnight Oil. Uh, so I assume probably the next time we do Australia, it will be a Midnight Oil album. Well, Eventually, us. yeah, us two. Yeah, yeah. yeah, fair enough. Well, um, well, fair enough. I didn't know if you meant us two or, or you two, as in when they when they actually go over there. Um, yeah, well, I'm I'm open to suggestions, and also uh, another another just reminder: if you want specific albums by specific artists, then do let us know on Twitter. Give us your recommendations. Can't promise, but obviously, um, well, it's all happened with Simple Minds, so you know we did that, <laughs> and and it was good. I sound really angry then. I don't know why. Anyway, Psychotherapy track number nine, the penultimate track. Um, question, Johnny: Is this the most experimental track on the album? Uh, I've put the richest and most complex song on the album. So, yeah, I would say so. In terms of um, in terms of song structure, yes. And this apparently took a long time. They worked with the producer to get it into the shape that it's in. And my God, I'm happy because this is such a good song. Um, it's, it's just incredible. Um, I don't understand it, but I feel it, which is a very pretentious thing to say, but it does... No, I know what you mean. It's obviously something to do with, 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 with mental health. There's a character in there... Um, who is leaving in some sort of way um there's just there's not a clear a clear focus but it's so good and just to hammer on about a voice just for a little bit it goes from the tenderness at the start this is probably the best showcase of her voice and the whole album as well so tender to then having like you know when she does those i don't know how you'd say ooze at the start mm. you know, the very very start there's it's almost like a kind of beautiful like religious choral sort of quality to it it's so nice and then when she starts saying leave tonight there's like a really powerful seriousness in it um and the 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 line that i really like here is leave tonight i'll be there for you there's not a star in the sky that's got a name which one are we going to it's such a nice idea that of of, of, as if all the stars names have sort of dropped off them and now you can pick where you want to go anywhere in the universe let's go there and let's name it after us you know that kind of thing just yeah. really, really lovely. I mean, if you're listening to this song for the first time, you, you might uh, come across uh, lyrics and think that they're, they're lazy. Um, and some the lyrics I'm going to mention are, what's a young boy like yourself doing in a place like this yeah. all alone? Now, 
that's quite um it's a cliche isn't it it's quite a cliche yeah, but it's, being it's not lazy at all yeah. because to use that or to have the idea of using that it, it it's kind of so obvious that you wouldn't use it yeah, exactly. You wouldn't think to use it. And it's usually used um, the opposite way around from like like creepy men picking up women as well. You know, what's a girl like you doing? Yeah, and for, for to flip that and for a woman to be saying that to a guy. Mm. It's unusual. It's, 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 uh, it's unusual. And, and it's, it can have this nice shiny disco-like quality, mm. you know, of meeting a girl for the first time. And it sounds, it's, it sounds oddly like caring the way it's said you know in, in that like rather than being a creepy sort of thing you know a cliche. but with the refrain of on your own on your own oh yeah, yeah. then it the, the, it completely turns and then it becomes creepy and isolated and yeah. um a very interesting song that will kind of flip its mood and its tone yeah on one word and there's that little break as well in the middle. There's there's a little break where everything seems to drop out and then it all comes back in. The drums get incredibly heavy as well. And there's a synthesizer solo, I think, at the end where it's going like... You know, that kind of thing. Mm. Um, I think that's on synthesizer, which you don't really hear many synth solos in this album. But it's just really powerful with the drums like hammering in. Um, and the other, the other line that I always come back to and that I really... I remember being on on a bus um, when I was uh, I wasn't listening to review two, um, but I was on a bus listening to this and I was um, I think I was a bit hungover actually and feeling a little bit brittle and emotional and I was listening to the bit where it says leave a light on even if you won't say you will. I don't know why that that line like really gets me sometimes because say, you know leave a light on so leave some sort of hope or something nice even if you yeah. won't say you will. It's ridiculous. Like I don't again. I don't know what that means, but it's got such a beautiful quality to it. And let me have my little bit of hope. Yeah, even, e- I know even if there is none, let yeah. me let me have it. Yeah, and even if I know you won't, just you saying that you will is good enough. Which is yeah, it's kind of heartbreaking in a way. And I just think all those reviews can sod off basically because it's a really good album. And I don't think they bothered to listen to it all the way through. Really. I think I, I mean I think they they uh, they analyze music. Um, because we this album came out six years ago now, right? Yep. So oh God. we can see how good it is six years later. And I think if you're a reviewer at the time, yep. maybe you get a week or a few days to listen to the album a few yep. times. You can only see how it compares to what's also coming out at yep. the time. Now look at that set, that, that top ten. <laughs> I, if I never heard any of those songs I'd again... Miss, I'd miss Happy. Would you? Yeah, Would you read? No, I don't think you'd notice, right? Unless somebody said, you know what, Johnny? You're never going to listen to Pharrell Williams' Happy again. You can never listen to that song again. Be but but you know. unless somebody said that to you, you wouldn't notice. If you never heard that song again, I you would. wouldn't. No, you no, you wouldn't. Don't let, <laughs> don't, don't, don't do this, right? I think you I would. definitely, definitely wouldn't. I know, maybe and I that whole top ten can go and jump off a cliff, quite frankly. Okay. If, if it's being compared to that, then... Then I don't know. It doesn't fit in with that. Do you know why it doesn't fit in with that? Because it's not rubbish. It's not rubbish. It's good music. Okay. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Well, right. Fair enough. Right. Well, um, I would notice. Um, So, all I need. um, This apparently was the first song that was recorded um, for the album, which is weird because it does have a sense of finality. It's definitely a closer. Um, The chord patterns really. I don't know what it would be. There's a musical term for it, maybe. But just it does feel like this is wrapping up, you know, um, the whole album. It's naive. Um, it's You might say, but I would say it's earnest. And um, maybe that's why, overall, we thought there is, even if it's not a direct connection with you 2 there is a connection here because the Jezebels do big feelings in a big way 
in a euphoric, you know, echoey way. That, that sincerity. Know. Hashtag yeah. sincerity every yeah, exactly. single time. And yeah. We live in such a bloody cynical age where everything is is sort of, you know, you've got to be sneering about it. Particularly indie rock is very sneery and very like, yeah, whatever, I'm playing the bass, but I don't care. I mean, I, I coming off someone who just had a very sneering rant, I'm ranting at the charts. I think you're allowed to rant at the charts. Yeah, fine, fair enough. Yeah, I agree. Dominated so, by bloody children. <laughs> children like Pharrell Williams was about 40 <laughs> odd when he did that song. But looked great. <laughs> anyway, so... Uh, Irrelevant. No, I, just, I, just, I, put, I look that good when I'm like 50 or whatever. Um, anyway, so this is a song that is... I think it sums up the feeling of the album as well. It's, she says, I'll pick you up when you're feeling down, drag your ass out on town. So it's like, yes, the world is bad. But let's go and have a dance. You know, that's that's to me the mood of this album in a lot of respects. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I really want to mention about All You Need is the synth in this song. Yeah, it's, it's really low key, but I want more of it. I just it, give me more of that. I think overall that there could be a bit more synth in the album when when it stands out. It's very good, and maybe that's the point. It's not dominating it. Um, it does feel as well like there is a. I don't want to make comparisons that are kind of facetious and don't actually work, but. No one here is is basically saying me 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 spotlight spotlight spotlight. You know what I mean? It, I, everyone gets a really decent shot at their instruments and does such a good job of it. They're just very good musicians, really, yeah. and they're good performers. And please come and talk because that would be nice. Yeah, I hope they do, and I hope if Haley Murray comes over on a solo stuff, I think I'll even go and see that because I want to see her her voice yeah, live. Fine, fair enough, and I would like her to do some Jezebel stuff um, if she did. A la like Noel Gallagher doing Oasis stuff. Um, I don't. I, I, to me, it always just. It always. I don't. It doesn't sit well with me. The idea of the people doing solo stuff. I don't. Maybe I don't get it. But it's like you know when Brandon Flowers did his solo stuff, which I love. Yeah, I just thought this just sounds like the Killers. So why not have the Killers? Are the rest just bored, like or lazy, counting the millions? Well, uh, one of them's gone back to school. <laughs> Um, another one is uh, well. Two of them have quit touring. Uh, there seem to be problems in the Killers. The, 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 it does not seem like that band is doing well, mm. you know, on the home front because it's only Brandon and Ronnie Venucci Jr. that that mm. tour now. And Brandon's trousers at Glastonbury were awful. I think he looked bad. Did he? Yeah, that's my that was my evaluation. That's what I took away from that Glastonbury performance. I have no comment either way on Brandon's trousers. Fair enough. And on that bombshell, I think we've reached the end of the Jezebels, the Brink. So what's your sweetest thing for this ting? Um, for this one, my sweetest thing, it, it's all about mood, isn't it, really? I mean, in terms of like Stone Cold classic song, it would be, um, I think it would be, why have, I, why have I forgotten the name now? Why am I blanking out? Time, yeah, time to dance. I keep getting time to dance. Time to dance, more. really. It, just that's for the song called that. But in terms of what is the best song, most rich, most complex, psychotherapy. Um, at first, when I when I heard it, I thought, oh, is this going to be a cover of the Ramones' psychotherapy, which is a very, very different song. Thank God it's it, not. It's uh, an ambulance siren. So uh, for me, it's No Country. I, I've had that song in my head for a good couple of months now. That's a good one. Um, I, I really, really like it. Still finding new things that I like about it. Johnny, your dirty day. Um, it's not a bad song, but Angels of Fire. Um, I just it, it it's one that I'm just not like massively big on. What be yours? Uh, um, all you need because yeah. because it's good, it's but bit, I, I want I wanted more. Yeah, it's yeah. a bit slight. I say 
yeah, maybe maybe they should have finished on psychotherapy. Is it you know kind of like this is the big statement song? Are that kind of well, I think psychotherapy should have come earlier in the album as kind of like a breakwater. Oh, maybe so. Well, it's a debate we'll have to have <laughs> off air. <laughs> yeah, um, we've not decided what we're doing next week, but it is my pick. Uh, yeah, Tyler's been floating some ideas which I'm not. I don't think. Yeah, Johnny's not bowled over with, but yeah. I, I I feel like punishing him anyway. But also, keep your we... eyes peeled on Twitter because as yes. soon as we decide, we'll put it up there. And also, we've not had a good old argument for a while about something that we think <laughs> is, you know, about we disagreeing a lot about something. Although maybe maybe we did in this episode. I don't know. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So we'll we'll let you know, and then after that, it will be your Twitter selection. And I think for that episode, it's gonna be it's gonna have like a legends feel. So it's gonna you're gonna have choices like Depeche Springsteen, Depeche Mode, Patti, you know, uh, Black. big uh, artists, maybe even the Rolling Stones. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, but the the idea is that we'll put um, four artists out there, four albums, and you guys get to vote. And most of them will be from what you've recommended. Yeah, the more you recommend. And the more you vote and stuff, the more influence you have over what comes out of mine and Tyler's mouth. Yeah. Other than that, um, I think that's everything for this week. Yeah. I guess we'll see you guys when we see you. We'll see you next month. Uh, we're going to try and bring out one episode per month that's, this year. That's, that's the idea. We'll see if it works. Yeah. Other than that, bye! Hi there, thanks for listening to the show. If you'd like to get in touch, please contact us on facebook.com forward slash review 2 u or on soundcloud.com forward slash review 2 or search for the Review 2 podcast on iTunes. You can also email us at review2contact at gmail.com. Please like, comment and subscribe. Thank you.